Hey, thanks for turning on the Two and Out podcast this week. We've got quite the interesting episode coming up. I should let you know that the minute that we stopped recording, the CFL and CFLPA released the following joint statement. The CFL and the CFLPA are jointly committed to a policy of zero tolerance of any form of racism or racial discrimination and signified their commitment in writing during the last round of collective bargaining. We have agreed to strengthen our commitment with urgency by agreeing to further define and agree on all issues arising from that joint commitment. So both the CFL and CFLPA, and through them, the entire professional Canadian football community will have clarity and certainty moving forward. That's the statement. Let's get on with the show. You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Cura. That's Grey Cupney, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh! Ready, set, hunt. And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. It's Travis Curra, Brazilian ties off uh, for this episode. So welcoming to the studio, actually. We're doing, I, I, I can count maybe on uh, one hand the amount of times that I've recorded in the same room with somebody for the podcast. Andrew from the Turf District Podcast. Welcome here. It's good to see you, man. Hey, thanks for having me. And this is this is outstanding. I, I, I've been on the show a number of times with you, but never live. Like this feels totally different. It's like now we're chatting across the table. It's fantastic. And it kind of uh, completes or is a part of Green and Gold Month on Two and Out. It was kind of... Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> we like green and gold. I didn't Perfect. mean to do it. Hey. We talked to Ricky Ray. I mean, big green and gold ties, some double blue in there as well. Two titles with both franchises. Uh, Victor Kui is coming up on Monday. The president right. is CEO of the Elks. I'm glad you saved the best for last. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I got in the middle of that sandwich, but that's all right. Hey, just like an Oreo cookie, the best parts in the middle, man. Um, okay. Yeah, I agree with you on the cookie reference, but maybe not in the way that people are lined up. That's all right. It's a pretty big, uh, big Edmonton legends. Well, can we call Victor a legend yet? I think so. I, at this point, I would. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. The guy's doing stuff to turn around things off the field and you're feeling connected to the team again. And that we haven't had that for a little while. So it's it's nice to have that back. This uh, episode of Tune Out is brought to you by the Well Endowed Podcast by the Edmonton Community Foundation. It's hosted and produced by Andrew Paul and Lisa Pruden. It explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. And the podcast tells the stories of how those endowments intersect with the community. You can subscribe to the Well Endowed Podcast at the wellendowedpodcast.com. In the huddle with Kura and Ty on the Two and Out Podcast. All right, Andrew. Uh, I'd like to talk about week six, but we can't 
get there quite yet. Uh, there's a Fair. lot to go over. Uh, I guess this is a tough conversation to have. BC Lions are on by right now, but we now have the punishment laid down on Garrett Marino by the Canadian Football League. He's been suspended uh, for a total of four games for the incident last Friday uh, against the Ottawa Red Blacks, where he did injure Jeremiah Masoli. Now, the three different suspensions makes it look like they're going to make it impossible for him to appeal the suspension, right? Well, I don't know if it's so much impossible, but they're making it more difficult too, for sure. Um, and it's the strongest it suspension is. that the CFL has put out. Um, there's lots of people that will say it's not enough. Um, and there's lots of people that will say it's too much because that's what, uh, that's what we do as fans. And so it's, it's difficult, right? Because you, uh, and, and I haven't, fully decided where I land on it, if it is enough or not, because uh, I, to, to one degree, especially when we're talking about some of the, the racial slurs, let's call it what it was. Um, to me, there, there should be definitely, should be tougher on that. Right. On the other hand, they don't want to put something out that's going to automatically be appealed and then have to fight that. I, uh, you know, I, I listened to our, our, like our friends at Rouge radio and, and Tony Allen had a great point to say, you know what, at some point they maybe should just put the punishment in the hands of the CFLPA. It says, these are both your guys. You guys figure it out. What's fair? And I, I there's part of me that kind of wishes that that happened so we wouldn't have to worry about the appeal process and just be like, hey, like these are two guys. One guy is now out for a significant amount of time. One guy made a bad play, celebrated it, um, you know, as far as we know, there obviously was enough that the CFL could punish for um, the comments afterwards. Yeah, it's enough that there has to be something that happens for sure, and and uh, I, I think that it's it's very tough, especially as fans, where we're sitting in the middle, going, "Hey, I I want my league to to support all the good things, and I want my league to be better and cleaner, and and all those things, and." Um, it, how do how do you balance that with okay? I'm not going to say that Garrett Marino is a bad player, but he obviously has he he's got to do some work on his own to make that better. Look, I uh, <laughs> this is I, I I'm glad I got about an hour and a half uh, <laughs> blocked for this. I feel like we could do the whole show on this. We, so, we probably could. Yeah, so, so it won't be nearly as fun that way, but we could. Yeah. 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 But you're right. Split up into three different suspensions. One is on the hit itself. One is on, and the CFL is wording this in a very delicate way. I agree. Uh, a one-game suspension for verbal comments uh, Marino made about Mazzoli's heritage during the game. That That's what he said. Right. And in his own statement, I think he referred to it as uh, stereotypes. Right. But nobody, well, sorry, the CFL has not said racist allegations but uh, that that is what it is. That that seems to be what it was. And then also a suspension for his tackle of an Ottawa offensive lineman on a previous play. So you're right when we it's separated into these separate areas, but it's almost like they're in different tiers. How is the, the racial comment less than the hit? Correct. And I Ugh. and I think that might be where now the other part is is we don't know and I have to thank Janine at Mouchoir for this because we don't know 
they have to go by the letter of, of their rules too in the CFL. Yeah, so yeah. if the CFL doesn't have a specific rule that says, yeah. you know, racial slurs or racism or this type of thing is punishable by this, or, or we do not allow it. And it, and this happens, then they can if they just suspend him for that without having that backing of the actual rule, that could also ca- cause a big riff with the PA. And that's, uh, you know, even though both sides might feel like, yeah, we really do need to come down on this. If there isn't a specific rule, they can't, yeah. you know, they can't punish if there isn't a rule. On the other hand, they better put the rule in. <laughs> like, exactly. like that, that's got to happen. Like diversity of strength means something. And if you want it to mean something, I'm stealing Janine's words. And please listen to Mouchoir because she's much more elegant than I am at talking about these things. But um, they if they really feel that that is what they want to fall on and they want to make sure that that diversity of strengths means something, then make the rule. And once the rules in place, when something happens, throw the book at them. And to me that that's the next step that has to happen. And that would be a, a huge thing for where this whole, uh, you know, where this whole schmoz is going at this moment. Jeremiah Mazzoli has made a statement on the situation. He uh, posted it uh, on Twitter uh, July 12th, well, about 8 Eastern, something like that. And I, I won't read it all, but he, he did say the welfare and safety of CFL players do matter. And we should not have to worry about those who consistently cannot play within the rules. Uh, man, he, he's also said the worst of it is the vile and disrespectful type of behavior and racial insults that were made towards me more than once. In the CFL, we say our diversity is our strength, so there should be no place for the racial hate. Man, and then he says the insensitive comments made by Coach Dickinson are indicative of how oblivious they are to these serious facts they choose to ignore. So now we're at a point where this thing has now spiraled to, uh, uh, it almost looks like it's a little out of control. Um, the the Twitter storm does not stop. Oh my. No, it does not. Um, here we no. are for the first regular season game uh, about to happen in Nova Scotia this yeah. weekend. Uh, yeah. Maybe if the riders weren't in it, it would be a different situation. <laughs> uh, but they are just... they going to have a game? Of that? <laughs> Come on. We, we all know that's not going to happen, but yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. And now this sounds funny because I, I'm, I want everybody to make sure I finish the comment before they start tweeting me when I say this. See, that's the beauty of this because a a lot of what I've seen is uh, 10-second clips uh, attacking somebody for that or uh, character limits on Twitter. Correct. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But now we've got a law, you know, some time to develop things. Correct. And so um, I'm empathetic for the good rider fans. Because every team has bad fans. And I hate to say that, but we know that every team has fans that um, take it too far. Hey, this is a familiar spot for you if we put this on the end. And that's why I'm saying I (laughs) am absolutely sympathetic to the fans that of the riders that are, I I love this team. I don't agree with what he did. Yeah. um, But I still love the team and, and that's okay. That's okay. It's, it's, um, and I, I, it's horrible to draw these conclusions, but even like in the race thing, there was the whole battle over the name change with the Elks. And it was, yeah. And 
it didn't matter as a fan, whatever side you came down on, you got crapped on either way. And I feel like that's kind of happening right now too. And I, I just, I want everybody to remember like the CFL family means something and it is family and we're allowed to disagree, but it doesn't mean we need to hate each other. Yeah. And, and um, you know, we might not like, uh, you know, Garrett Marino specifically because of what he's done. And, and we're, we're hoping that he can, you know, find a better way to present that or, or that somebody can find a way to, to learn that lesson for him to be better. We want that, but I, I don't, think that that means everybody that is on the team is horrible. Like, that's just my opinion. Garrett Marino making a statement. You can see that on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, social channels. The Riders also making a statement. Um, it appears that they will be making a donation to the Red Blacks mentorship program in Jeremiah Mazzoli's name. The program connects at-risk youth who have experienced racism and discrimination with mentors and provides encouragement, support, guidance, and strategies for youth to reach their fullest potential. I mean, that that seems like a, if you want to call it a positive, a, a positive to come out of this situation. But I think we, as a whole and as a group, need to find a way to find some common ground and discuss these things a little bit more constructively. And I, I realize that coach Craig Dickinson maybe made some comments on the radio or in a scrum that he regrets. They were, they were ignorant. They were irrelevant mm-hmm. and not ignorant in a, in a sense that I want to insult the guy, but over the past few years, I think we've all done learning black lives matter in 2020. Yeah. Last year, the discovery, um, just outside of Kamloops, the 215 unmarked graves. And then, man, just a few weeks ago, Roe v. Wade. Yeah. It's been a lot of learning for me personally. And look, we say the wrong things even, but but I think you judge the person on what happens next, right? And that's, I 100% agree. And maybe I think, and- I think people won't want to give Garrett Marino that chance. Right. But I'm not ready to write off coach Dickinson or Jeremy O'Day or the entire Rough Riders organization slash fan base because of this whole mess. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And, um, you know, now if you're the person that's like, <laughs> yeah, Garrett Marino was right. Uh, I may not be on your side, right? <laughs> but hey, there's, uh, there's trolls everywhere. Right? There, there's yeah. everywhere. Um, but on the other hand, um, learn more, do better. Right. Yeah. And, we judge the person on the next move and what is that next move? And, and um, I, I, going back to the, the actual suspensions, I mean, I think the CFL did everything in its power based on what they have in their rules at this moment. And do I, do I wish it was kind of more? Yeah. I'd love it to be a, a statement. Learn to be better. Mm-hmm. We don't accept it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a fan base, we cannot accept it and that's fine. Um, but that, doesn't mean that we need to attack each other over it is my feeling man i i i'm glad we got this out and i i think i'm ready to talk about football you know what, what i you? think in a, i've spent the last four years talking about pretty much anything but football when it comes to my team so for once it's not the spotlight on me which is kind of or my team which is kind of nice in a way but i like i said i'm sympathetic to that but I agree. Like I, I want to get back to talking football. The the judgment is there. The decisions need to be made. The the rules need to be made in the future. Um, you know, 
make the change to make it so that this isn't happening and we don't have this going on. Um, but yeah, let's let's get back to talking football, man. That's 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 why we we want to be here. I get, oh man, I, I get the feeling that maybe this isn't quite over. I don't um, think so. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be over for a while um, because it's not like Jeremiah Mazzoli is back in four games. Yeah. Um, but well, somebody and is. you know what? So, because just about every other starting quarterback in the CFL was asked about this. Yes. Including Zach Kolaris and he went off. Yeah. But it's not wrong. No, he's not. No. Because the fact that we're now without Jeremiah, it hurts the Red Blacks. It hurts let's this seems insensitive. It hurts Paul Lapalise's future job prospects. Like well, if they keep losing, Possibly. I but, mean, they have made, I agree, it absolutely affects all of those But the ripple effects, things, it hurts ratings, it hurts absolutely. Every, the massive picture because of a stupid moment, a stupid play. Well, uh, let's let's buffer that a little bit. I, I mean, it is Garrett Marino, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's a series of plays. It is, absolutely. Right? Yep, yep. There was a whole yep. build up to it. That well, didn't yeah. help, right? We're without I'm, a, I'm in uh, no way defending Garrett Marino in that moment. I'm just saying that there was there was a ton, like there's a whole bunch of stuff that happened uh, from according to Nate Bahar, even the night before, which is crazy to me. Hey, like I, the Riders are but, without their top sack getter so far this season because of a late hit as well, right? And so, so but uh, now let's. To put that in perspective, because people will say, "Okay, well now you're de- now you're deflecting onto no, it just I a writer's know. player." Yeah. Like, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, we're not doing that because it was still bad. Yeah. But that guy didn't get up and celebrate all the way off the field and get recorded yeah. saying that yeah. it was almost premeditated. Only like none of that yeah. happened, right? So they're they are different circumstances. But there's a whole bunch of crap that needs to not happen in that game. We need to protect all players, quarterback Correct. or not. So, Absolutely, yeah. and and Napahar. Um, man, uh, that's some, that was some passion and, and, it was. uh, and deserved like it, it needed that, uh, to, to make sure that this is getting the attention that it does deserve. And so now they need to make the changes to make this not happen because it's not, not, not the league that we know. Um, and I, they, I know they're saying it happens all the time, but okay, let's make it so it doesn't happen. <laughs> you know what? I, uh, I'm. The two and out mailbag has been uh, fuller than ever over the past. <laughs> I, I bet <laughs> little while. Uh, so two and out dot ca. Uh, click mailbag if you want to send in a message. Um, I, I'm so sorry. I don't want to mess up the name. I hope it's George. But uh, Sunny Peachland BC is where this email comes from, and uh, he says, "Hey, I just listened to Monday's episode. I have a few comments. Uh, I bleed green, and I agree with everything you said about the Marino hit. Well, almost everything. The team needs to deal with it. Cutting him's not the answer. He's good enough that someone else, maybe Chris Jones, will uh, pick him up. And now you have him pissed at the Riders and targeting Cody. Best overall solution. Jacob Ruby sat out a year for fudging his vaccine status. CFL uh, kind of took control of that one. And, Correct. And uh, wouldn't you know, allow another team to sign him. Um, But he also adds, while we are reviewing tape, let's not forget about a couple other things. Uh, Slamming 300 pounds on the legs of a prone player well behind the play is not a good look. True. And he also mentions this, the hit that took Trey Ford out. It was legal, 
but I do not consider targeting a quarterback's throwing shoulder with your helmet clean. Uh, and then <laughs> he says, Ottawa, trade for VA, fire Lapo, and bring in Kahari. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> Ottawa has already <laughs> traded for Nick Arbuckle. We'll get into that. Yep. And uh, what we learned on Friday, he says, when Nate Rogers is not holding, he becomes a spectator with the best seat in the house. Obvious solution. Target Kyle Walters with a honey trap. Get pictures. Trade a seventh round pick for Stanley Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> on a positive note, as a fan of old school football, I love the fact that the Riders are playing a significant number of offensive snaps with a pro version of the wishbone offense. Keep yep. the good stuff coming. So, hey, that's a great email. Everybody, fan Mike is like, yeah, why, why didn't Moss do that when he was on our team? I've only been asking for it for every year ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Happy to hear all your opinions at 2andout.ca. Let's talk about the Alouettes, eight and a half point favorites over the Edmonton Elks. Eight and a half. That sounds quite generous to it me. does to me. Yeah. Well, of course it does to me. But still, <laughs> I think I think it is. I think that would, you know, be generous to most people. Eight and That's a half. That's true. Like, yeah. I understand that, you know, the Elks quarterback situation is, is difficult right now. Um You've got Taylor Cornelius starting that who has been a healthy scratch for the all of the games to this point. Um, now coming in as the starter, and yes, he was a starter last year. Um, you've got um, Mike Beaudry is back in Edmonton, and and now the the backup is basically Kyle Oxley who is playing receiver. So, I mean, there's a, and and the injuries last week to the Elks was stupid. Like, yeah. Four it was people who were out on the, the six-game list in the matter of a quarter and a half. Like, come on. So I, I get it. I, I, I get the fact that they should be underdogs, and it's at, and it's in Montreal. That just seems like really significant. I don't know that Montreal is that much more stable when they just had a head coaching change and a defensive coordinator change, and they've basically transferred from their leader, who is VA, to Trevor Harris. Um, like... I, I don't see them as that much more stable. I, I could totally buy like four or five point yeah, spread, yeah. you know, home field advantage. I could totally get on that. But um, but I would say I'm I'm going to take Edmonton to cover anyway. Yeah, I, right? I, that's a pretty juicy one to throw some cash down on Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what, can you say anything about Taylor Cornelius? I mean, he had some experience last year. It was a turbulent year for Edmonton, but... Yeah. Are, Boy, that is yeah, the yeah. understatement of the century. <laughs> are a turbulent the, year. Oh, are they man. really? Does turbulent, is that what you call it when the toilet flushes? Is that the, is that, that turbulent? I think so. I was going to say, yeah, when you're flying over the Great Lakes to Hamilton for the Great Cup and uh, you're squeezing your wife's hand and almost crying because of the. <laughs> that's turbulence. Yeah, that that's, is. Yeah. Oh, turbulence. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Different. Yeah. Um, no, because they, he couldn't really that be that high up on the depth chart. He was behind a rookie. He was behind Nick Arbuckle to start the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and obviously, I think Arbuckle was expected to be the starter by everybody except maybe the new regime because they never promised anything. He wasn't their guy, but they, they kept Cornelius around, you'd think, for a reason anyway. Well, I think, though, the fact is that that our, out in camp... Arbuckle won the job. He absolutely was on top of, you know, like his passing was sharp. His 
leadership on the field. You could see it. All those things were happening. Um, and, and Taylor was having, and, and maybe it is different game to practice. Like you look at, obviously when Arbuckle got in a game, it wasn't as successful. Um, uh, you know, when you have, I believe it's two TDs and eight interceptions um, in the time that you've played, uh, not, not so great. So the one knock on Taylor Cornelius is that he tends to give the interception right at the worst time and usually in the fourth quarter. And that's been what his game film has showed. So in camp, um, and I don't know if it's just different pressure because the Arbuckle was there and now they draft a quarterback yeah. and all these types of things. Um, but there was like, there's a lot of overthrowing. There's a lot of missing, but there's no doubt the guy has a cannon for an arm. I remember times right? last year, clearly an off year for Darrell Walker last year. Oh. And he was dropping like passes that Cornelius would put right in his hands. And it was but, happening with other receivers too. Um, but he does have a cannon. But that's what I'm worried about. Maybe that is. is Too hard? Fact, yeah, correct. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, like uh, what do, and I'm so glad you had Ricky Ray on, by the way. It was awesome. Oh, so good. Um, <laughs> he was so quick to talk. One day we will talk to him. Um, but like his, yeah. his, like everyone ref, uh, would tell us whenever they talked to us about playing with Ricky was catching a ball from him was like catching a loaf of bread. It's like you couldn't drop it. It just (laughs) landed. Like if you didn't catch it, something was wrong with you because the the pass was right there. True. If you've got a gun coming at you and you're, but you're used to a loaf of bread, it's going to take a little time to get used to that. And certain guys are going to deal with that better than others. Right. I think Manny Arsenault is who played with Travis Lule is used to getting a gun. Right. He could probably pick it up and not be too big of a deal. Right. So, but is that going to affect the other guys? And I, 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 that's, that's the part that I'm, I'm, I'm not sure on it. And, and again, maybe he gets into a game and it's that stuff that we were seeing in training camp is gone and it's much more smooth and he's ready to go. But his entire career, and this happened last year a lot too, is always that, Poorly timed fumble or interception. Yeah. So I'm just hoping he can get over that and uh, and give us a little better. I think our our offensive line now that they've had the same line for a few games should hopefully be able to give him just a touch more protection. And that will help too because a lot of times last year it was like hut and run for your life. We might as well talk about Nick Arbuckle who the Elks have traded to Ottawa for a seventh round pick. Of course, Ottawa was in the market for a quarterback after Jeremiah Mazzoli went down and Arbuckle's back with the team that traded for his rights before <laughs> going with Matt Nichols. Right. Yeah. And then he went to Toronto. Let it be known that uh, Nick Arbuckle's the only quarterback to beat the Bombers in a meaningful <laughs> game in the last. That's right. Feels like five years. <laughs> Way too long. Yeah. That's fair. But. This is ooh, a big opportunity, a, a very important opportunity for Nick Arbuckle to hopefully have a stable position. He's not going to start this week. No. We'll, we'll say that. Yeah. But for the rest of the year in Ottawa and to show that it seems like nobody has a bad word to say. But I remember the uh, leadership he's shown during the CBA standing yeah. up for the Canadian players and People like this guy. He's a great guy. But it seems like he's never gotten the proper opportunity. And maybe he would have this year in Edmonton if the regime would have stayed the same. 
<laughs> but uh, who, I don't think Edmonton wanted that. <laughs> I'll say that. But it affected Nick Arbuckle's career, probably not for any fault of his own. Yeah, no, I, I would agree to to some to some effort. Um, I know there's I, turnovers, I think, and I know yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I think that I think the thing with Arbuckle though is that I don't know other than backing up Bo Levi and Calgary. I don't know that he's ever been in a system that is actually made to his strength. Right. Okay. This system was not made to his strengths because they don't, that's not the system that the Elks wanted to run. Um, even in Toronto, they, they wanted to run, uh, well, and then he got hurt. Yeah, right. And yeah. then, and then MBT was playing so well that they found that this was, that was the time to, to make that move. Um, honestly, like, Arbuckle is a slightly more mobile version of Matt Nichols. So you would have to think that LaPolice can find a system that actually works for him. And now LaPolice has a running back in William Powell, mm-hmm. which is a big part of his system. So I think there's a lot of spots where Arbuckle could succeed in that system because it's a little more towards what he does best. And that's the part that he's been missing. If he can get that, I think he'll be very successful. And, and as a, as a guy, like off yeah, the knees, yeah. he's fantastic. I I'm love rooting talking for him. to him. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Except when he plays us. No, <laughs> <laughs> this Edmonton in Montreal, I, I know this will pain you to know, but the Owls will be celebrating the 20th anniversary of the 2002 Grey Cup win over Edmonton. There'll be Load some... Load of crap. <laughs> There'll be some... While we're there, like, come on. <laughs> well, I know. We, like, because oh, here, why don't we celebrate it and we'll just the take The team this, that lost you know, to you... That's right. Is in Montreal. <laughs> There'll be some Alouettes like, alumni. Come on, really? So this is before Machocha's time. Was it Tom Higgins? Yeah, that was Higgins. Yep. Yeah, it was Higgins. Machocha was 2005. And, of course, it'll be Machocha's first game on the sideline. Noel Thorpe's first game back on the sideline. Anthony Calvillo calling the offensive plays. Get this stat. The last five head coaches to take over midseason have won their first games. As well, Brazilian Ty would call it, the dead cat bounce. <laughs> uh, I would think that uh, you know what though that's the we got to impress the new guy yeah of right? course yeah like that 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 happens right um y- and you want to impress the new guy and that's great um uh, I I'm hoping that I'm I, I want Montreal to be good next week but I do think that you know <laughs> I think that they they have a lot of talent there, and that's the I, I want them to be able to come together and and play for the new guy. That's great. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. They they still have stuff that they got to work out though. How how does this work in this new system? What is it that you want? And how are you dealing with the fact that the person who was leading the team on the field for the last two years as the cardiac kids is now standing on the sideline? So they have a lot to kind of deal with in their own locker room but i do Will think the Elks that they'll leave come out with a new quarterback on the plane yeah. <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how you want me to respond to that but <laughs> well the alouettes are going to be starting a running back walter fletcher that they acquired from the elks in a trade at running back they'll be starting tyrell richards the first overall pick at linebacker of course that pick acquired in a trade from the Elks. And as far as fantasy goes, will Chandler Worthy be the first player in CFL history to score a return touchdown in three consecutive games? 
Hey, and I, I want to ask you about Kai Loxley. It's $2,500. He runs the ball. He catches the ball. He might line up behind center. I'm actually looking at him as a play at the 2,500 spot because... He's an hey, intriguing guy. Yeah. The, my only worry about him this week is because he can't, he did, he did get injured last week. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. recovered and he's been practicing all week, but you never know, right? Like that one, but at 2,500 bucks. I know. Like it, yeah, it might be the, the steal of the, of the game is to pick up a guy like that. Let's talk about Friday night football. The Bombers are yes. four point favorites over the Calgary Stampeders over under at 47. This is something like, uh, I think the second best uh, combined undefeated records this late into the season going against each other. So really, Kolaris wow. is ten and zero at IG Field. <laughs> Bo is five and three head to head with Kolaris, and of course the Bombers are five and zero. The Stamps four and zero, both coming off dominant wins last week. This is. This is going to be quite the game. This this could be a, an amazing game. And now you want to talk about a good line? There's a good line, right? Like Winnipeg at home, you know, yep, so yep. they get that advantage. And, and yes, Kolaris, 10-0 at home. Like, I get it. Like, four is perfect, right? Really, really hard to bet this game because both teams are just firing on all cylinders right now. And, and I think there was a lot of people that last week – they were saying, "Well, I'm kind of right in Winnipeg, Winnipeg off. I don't know if it was so much that as much as, the, you know, the defense is playing well, but the offense just doesn't seem to be on the same page quite yet. Vanilla. And then kaboom. Oh, my goodness. Where's my ice cream? Yeah, Willie uh, Jefferson said it was chocolate with sprinkles, whipped cream, and a cherry on top. <laughs> That's not vanilla. He's forgetting the Smarties. But other than that, yes. Um, but it was like, yeah, they that, that offense can light fire. And... Um, it, it's going to be interesting against the Calgary defense because they can be they can be a bit Jekyll and Hyde, um, but man, when they when they get on, watch out. Um, so this to me has the makings of the the game of the week. I, I'm excited to see. Um, this is one of those games where you know it's going to be good on both sides. Do you know what I mean? Like both defenses are good, both offenses are good. So does special teams? make the difference in this game and i would give calgary the edge there i would too i would well no i would give calgary the edge in kicking, the kicking anyway yeah yeah but i would absolutely give the bombers the edge in the return game well peyton logan had a return touchdown for the stamps last ah, week come on who are they playing <laughs> let's be let's be fair here's some interesting stats for you <laughs> the bombers are Giving up the most pass yards per game, 313.4. They've given up the most passing completions. They've uh, given up the most completions over 30 yards, 12 of them. They've they've given up six passing majors so far, uh, Ottawa 7, Edmonton 8. Very strange numbers uh, coming from that Winnipeg defense. Of course, they will make you pay and... They will force turnovers, and they've been doing this for years. Sometimes they'll give up yards and then just take the ball away from you. (laughs) So those yards all of a sudden mean nothing. Correct. So uh, The other part is is they score touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Like the one thing that Winnipeg does better than any other team in the league is take the ball from you and then make you pay for it. Yep. Like there's no other team that does that as well as the Bombers. 
Um, and that's why they can have numbers like that as far as their defense is concerned and be five and oh, because they just, you know, they, they find ways to make guys pay. Um, now is that going to be the same in this game where you've got that Calgary defense that can also take the ball away, uh, especially in their secondary. When you look at Trey Robertson and, um, although I think Moxie is questionable this he week. He is so, questionable, and Cam um, Judge is too, actually. Yeah, which is, that could be a massive loss for Calgary for sure, but well, I guess we'll find out when we get the, the depth charts. But I think that um, that that's where the Bombers have been winning these games, is the turnovers. Until last week where they turned over and then the offense blew up and then their special teams was returning all over the place and away they go, <laughs> right? It was yeah. like a full a full onslaught. Um for poor, for poor Rourke, who really should have had better success in that game, um, but I, I'm curious to see what that. Uh, this is going to seriously come down to the turnover battle. I know they say that about CFL yeah, games all the yeah. time that the the turnover battle is the 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 key, but in this game, it's like the biggest key. Whoever wins that turnover battle, that uh, likely it's their game. Uh, Canadian receivers uh, sitting out for this game for Calgary. Richie Sandani and uh, Jalen Philpot, the rookie, not going to be playing. The Bombers experiencing some injury issues as well. Brendan O'Leary Orange hits the six-game injury list. He was the guy that hit the starting lineup after Dembski hit the six-game injured list. And I'm just thinking of Winnipeg because going into the game against BC, I thought they were done, and then it was... A short week. They had one full practice. Yeah. Absolutely dominant. So are we going to get that same sort of Winnipeg Blue Bombers against Calgary? They, they can't They can't play like they did against Toronto or some of the earlier games. No. They, no, need they, to, they need to keep up with Calgary, and maybe they're a team that meets their opponent where they're at. Do you know what I mean? Or plays down to their opponent. Like, it could be, and it I know that's been, or plays to the ability of their opponent. Let me put it that way. Maybe, not yeah, plays yeah. down, but plays to the ability of their opponent. Um, I think the thing is, is that, now, we look at the past games with Winnipeg. When they played Toronto, Toronto has a a, a good defense. They do. The, or a, a decent defense, let me put it that way. Um, but I think they... They're Especially their linebackers and yeah. D-line. And Correct, that. that's what I was yeah. going to say. Their front seven is very good. Yeah. Um, their secondary is is good. I wouldn't say it's very good, but it's good. BC, in their first games, um, that defense looked like it was going to be leaps and bounds even better than Toronto, right? Um, but I think they hadn't really played one of the really stronger teams yet. And then when they got to play the stronger team, they had moments of brilliance and moments where they're still learning and, and Ryan Phillips will get those guys turned around, but he's definitely still working on it. And they looked like world beaters before. And now it's like, okay, they're okay. They're you're human. It's okay. (laughs) Um, And so now going now, Winnipeg goes up against Calgary. So where would you put that defense? In comparison to Toronto and BC, if you had to pick Calgary, yeah, I taking the Stampeders. Correct. So the so they have to have the game almost even better than the game against BC, yeah. and even then, it could be a four point difference. Like it, that's the part that as a CFL fan, you're like, give me that game. Like, can it be? I I know that you know we don't want. Um, oh God, the the ref is. 
I, the name is escaping me. The guy who every game has to be three hours. Bradbury, Bradbury that's it. <laughs> um, if it's uh, on the other hand, you just don't want the game to end because it's going to be so exciting. Yeah. There's going to be like there could be so much stuff going on in this game. Man, uh, it's that Kolaris ten and O at IG Field. It's ooh. This yeah, is can, Friday night football. Can can they have it like at the end of the fourth quarter, like the field just like rips into and both teams get <laughs> swallowed? Like for both of our teams, we're okay with this. Like, yeah, this is a possible West <laughs> final preview. Uh, Say that. I, I, there's lots of time left. I know it's week six, there's but. lots of time left. Okay. <laughs> You're right, but there's lots of time left. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay. Touchdown Atlantic. The Riders, two and a half point favorites over the Toronto Argonauts. The game sold out. There was, uh, I yep. think they had to expand the uh, stadium to 10,000. Um, man, I just really hope, and I know there's a lot going on in the CFL. We covered it uh, really extensively earlier <laughs> in the show. Um, I really hope that this is a good showing in uh, Wolfville, Nova Scotia. Yes. And uh, they have a great game, but they're able to... Uh, showcase the Canadian game and what the CFL is all about to uh, people in Nova Scotia. And we can get that darn 10th team on the field sooner than later. Oh, I would love that. And and I I want this to be a, much like when you, when you watched that Winnipeg BC game last week and it was just like, wow, they're just, it's just like throwing haymakers at each other. Well, and know, it was just so exciting to watch. Even like, though I want that to be, Absolutely. This, right? Even though Winnipeg won by three scores, BC still made some incredible plays. Oh, 60 yard touchdown passes and like, and just, and like on a rope yeah, passes, yeah. right? Like, and there was, yeah, the, it, it got it, but it wasn't like a blowout in the third quarter, like but then all of a sudden it did become a yeah, blowout, right? Yeah. So, but I just, I would love that. I'd love it to be back and forth. I'd, uh, and, you know, and of course because it's me i want toronto to win but still <laughs> it, i mean that would it would just be amazing if the if it was back and forth that's what i'm hoping yeah. for is that exciting game where the guys are like yes this is what it's all about i'm looking at that rough rider running back duo and for wow. the past for the past few years it's been talked about you need two experienced quarterbacks to win in the cfl hamilton did it um then they made it to the great cup with Masoli and evans and then just it didn't work out. They ran into the juggernaut bombers. Now it's like running back duos are almost the thing. Hickson <laughs> and Morrow in Saskatchewan, Carey, Logan in Calgary. Yep. These guys throw out these some of these running backs. Hey, maybe even McCray in Winnipeg. He's starting yeah, to get absolutely. carries too. Yeah. Uh, you get these guys in, they'll get like five carries for, you know, 40 yards or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it sucks for fantasy, yeah. <laughs> but it's great to see when you get the the variety. And do, do you remember like back in the Winnipeg days where it was the thunder and lightning? Exactly. And it, I'm starting to see some of that come back. And although I guess on the riders, it's like lightning and lightning, but still it's, <laughs> um, it's cool to have that where it's like, okay, it's a change of pace, but this guy just does this a little better. And next thing you know, it's a massive play. And, I don't know. I mean, I even super fan Mike is so excited because all this running. Yay. J- Jason Moss has been quite creative, I think, with the running game this yeah. year. And Who would have thought we'd ever say that? <laughs> yeah, It's been really working. Even in Edmonton, when they give Milanovic Litre the ball, oh, I always love it. feel like it's I productive. Love it. I love it. That He's guy. like Thor with the hair. <laughs> like, 
Like, <laughs> I, I love that guy's style. Somebody give that guy Jolner. <laughs> Jolner. Yeah. Um, no, but I, we were talking about this with uh, with Brady Sheldon is that he's a guy that he runs with power. He can still cut, but he'll also come oh, at yeah. a guy and like just put his shoulder down and be like, okay, try. <laughs> like, and just. Uh, okay, like if he could like stamp his foot on the ground before he started running like a bull, yeah. it'd be about right. Uh, but that's the thing. You want to see those different styles because they both bring something different to the game. And yeah. I even find that a bit, little bit with Brady Oliveira and um, Johnny Augustine where yeah. Augustine is definitely like the, the zip around a guy, take the wide side and go through, whereas Brady Oliveira is more like I'm going to run at you and then I'll – Turn at the last minute, but I'm going to come at you. And um, I, I love seeing that the coaches are starting to use some of that because if there's one thing that we could say uh, about offenses in general in the past couple of years is that they were starting to lose some of that creativity. I we were so. seeing a lot of dink and dunk and a lot of, you know, not not a lot going on. Um, successful for a lot of them. That's great. But, you know, fun to have, okay, now this guy's going to run through the middle and you, and how did he come out of that pile? I love it. Yeah. Now we're sitting here. the The Argos only have one win, yeah. um, but their first well, in should the be East. two, <laughs> it but, should be. or it should or, be one in a tie. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're first in the East, and now they're coming off the bye. I, I think the question is, do they get along now? We, <laughs> <laughs> that came against Winnipeg. Oh, oh my. The, uh, and I said this on the show that the fact that they were still in the game to me was remarkable. They yeah. were fighting each other. And the bombers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and well, and and then I'm on. I don't know if you saw this or not, but then like they actually pissed Michael Clemens off. Oh yeah, like, you know. how, if you how do you possibly <laughs> like uh, really? Like, I was talking with my wife like like when pinball's mad, you you made a mistake. So like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Oh, and, like, if pinball is not happy with you, but if he said that to you, like. Oh, I'd be broken. Exactly. <laughs> I'd cry for a week. You're right. You're right, sir. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm stupid. Like, all of them should be thinking that. They've had a week to hug and make up, and hopefully it'll be much better. Um, and crazy, though, right? Like, they're the, like you said, they're the tops in the East. And you're like, okay, guys, so, so own that position. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, well, and they've got a home and a home. Well, Technically, a home and home with the riders here. Well, um, kind of, yeah. No, they're playing. They're playing in the Atlantic. So, did we say they come off the bye, or did we say the bye? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, well that, done, brother. Thank you. Is that a? How long did it take for you to go? Oh, I had it at the moment, but I couldn't fit it in until I read it right this moment. And I'm like, oh, I think I can fit it in here. Damn, yeah. that was every good. now and again the dad jokes just pop out. Uh, I, I want to see how Andrew Harris is going to play. Now he played against Winnipeg with a chip on his shoulder. They gave him the ball 22 times. Mm-hmm. Now he's against an opponent that's been his rival for the past half decade. So you got to think he's going to be fired up playing against the Riders and. Here we are. The Riders all of a sudden could be without three defensive linemen. Right. Well, one suspended. Yeah. One um, injured. AC Leonard is questionable. He might play. And Pete Robertson's injured. Yeah. There might be an opportunity for Andrew Harris. And I know the Riders have depth on D line. They got great linebackers. But uh, Toronto might just be running it at them and having a really physical game here. 
Yeah, possible. Now, here's my question, and you would know this better than, than I would, but what has Andrew Harris's success been against the Riders? I feel like, well, lately it's been pretty good, but he was with but, a great bomber team. Yeah, but but overall, like he's... It's not like he's against never, Edmonton. Uh, correct. He's <laughs> an L killer. Like he's an Edmonton killer. That's true. So uh, it's like, I wonder if it is that where it's this like that middle of the ground, right? Middle of the middle ground. <laughs> There's no extra words in there, Andrew. Anyway, title of the podcast. Correct. Middle, middle of the of ground. The ground. <laughs> That's kind of where I live most days. Um, <laughs> but I wonder if it is like that, that middle ground performance where he, he does do some great things, but he doesn't have like the blow up game. Right. So um, you're right. And I feel they're going to try running it at him to see how it goes. Cause the, the riders are mostly on backups, but well, and uh, the riders have given up uh, 58 yards a game on the ground. That being said, the bombers were their second 66 yards a game yep. and Toronto had success there. So, well, or the other part is, are they going to use that as the threat? And now you've got, Curly Gittins Jr. down the field, picking up another pass. Like that guy is having a, another good season, and and I know the team around him is is hit and miss for having a great night. But I'm really enjoying watching Curly Gittins Jr. and I have a feeling that you'll start to see him catching a lot more passes right away. Yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> we could probably say this at the beginning of every podcast. What's the key to the game? Don't turn it over. Don't turn it over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it really is Ask the Dane key Evans for Toronto. <laughs> oh, poor guy. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was happy, but poor guy. Really, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, no, that's the thing. Hang on to the ball. McLeod Bethel-Thompson, um, it seems like he'll have these flashes of brilliance. Yep. Just string it together. Be consistent. I found that he is streaky. Yeah, he can be right? one of the top. Sometimes it looks like he can be one of the best in the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. He can light the world on fire. And then in the next play, it's like, why did you yeah. throw that? Yeah. What is going on? So, so yeah, I, yeah, the consistency will be huge. But, again, protect the ball. Milestone watch for Charleston Hughes. He needs one sack to tie John Bowman Ooh. and two to tie Joe Montford. And uh, I think Montford is four all time. So uh, sounds about right. Hughes is he's getting up there, and it's cool to see him. Uh, I hope to see a few more surfing celebrations. <laughs> in, uh, you do now, <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. I met Charleston Hughes about two weeks after he signed for the Riders, okay. <laughs> and we're talking about Twitter. And then I told him my handle, and he goes, "Oh, I know you." Yeah, when he was a Stampeder, eh, we had some run-ins on Twitter. It was good times. <laughs> and I, I think Cody Fajardo is going to be a pretty popular pick this week in fantasy. He's probably not rushing as much with the banged-up knee and the brace yep. and uh, things like that. But uh, Key and Schaefer-Baker, Duke Williams, they are uh, popular lots, picks. Yeah. Lots of good options, right? Um, the, the only thing I think holding... Um, people back from picking Fajardo is his cost. Yeah. Because it's really, now granted, we just talked about putting $2,500 yeah. by Loxley in and, and 4300 I believe, Walter Fletcher. Yeah. So maybe you do have space exactly. for Fajardo. But that, yeah, the money is is uh, is there. So we'll we'll see how, if that if that's a 
limiting factor for him, or if more people are like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find a way. Ryder fans will be happy to note that uh, Kyron Moore made an appearance on the practice field. It's still probably going to be a while before he's back in the lineup, but Swerve is practicing again for the green and white. Who do you take out on that team when, when he's back? <laughs> That's tough. Right? Because they're, they're they got... all producing. Like, Picton is producing. It could um, be Jacob Prawl. I guess it could be Prawl. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't it? Is it Jones is the other one that was the newer guy? Um, uh, Tevin Jones. Yeah, yeah. yeah he Tevin got Jones. in because of Shaq, I believe. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and But he didn't look out of place. No. And then, yeah. Obviously, William stays, you know, and uh, <laughs> so I, I'm like, wow. Like, it's funny. They're at the point where you're like, well, who do you? Yeah. So you're probably right in Prawl, but it's like, that's what a, then a massive upgrade there. And then, and then who do you cover? Yeah. Like, especially because Cody's getting them the ball. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and this is, um, I, I'm, I'm really glad to see the Jason Moss offense having success because I always believed in his offense. Uh, well, well when he has the right people. <laughs> yeah. Now he can actually get in the end zone. That's yeah. the exciting part. Yeah, finish. Right? Finish the finish drives. drives. Yeah. 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 It's all good. 400 yards, one touchdown. Wait, what? <laughs> oh. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of finishing drives, ooh, how many drives are going to get finished in this one? Oh, no. The, 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 the battle of the 0-4 teams, the Ticats home to the Red Blacks. Ticats seven and a half point favorites. You were thinking that that was pretty generous too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do think so. Is this the turbulent game of the week? Now that we were talking about that earlier, I, um, I think, I, I think so. I think okay, yeah. Um, it's the the thing with me was I get Hamilton's at home, um, and Ottawa has obviously suffered a, a loss. In I think it's the quarterback. quarterback. Like it, yeah. it has to be that. Yeah, but I look at it and go, you know, like Ottawa's defense is still. Good. And that's part of it, too, because uh, Dane Evans has struggled so far this year. And, At least in second halves. And right. Ottawa's defense can make plays. Mike Benavides yeah. has that team coached up pretty good that's on right. defense. Rub that belly some more there, <laughs> Benny. Um, but, yeah, that's the thing. I think that that defense can can turn games around on their own. So, um, and, and, yeah, the the Hamilton defense – or Hamilton offense is another one of those moments where it's like flip a coin. Are they going to be good or not this particular play? Like yeah. it could be from play to not even game to game, but play to play. And um, it's tough because they have a lot of talent there. And I think Dane Evans is a good quarterback. Do I think that there might be a bit of um, the pressure, um, especially the pressure getting them? And I'll be curious to see how that happens for him playing at home because there could be even more pressure at home because a lot of people there are like, oh, did we pick the right quarterback? And so he's got to be feeling that. And um, I hope he can close that out and, and, and play well. But th- this is another one. It's like, can, can we, like, can they both win? Cause I'd like the East to be better. And I, <laughs> I, I like both these teams. I, I want them to be better, but uh, it's either going to be like the greatest back and forth battle of them finding a way or this is going to be like okay well i'm glad we had touchdown atlantic <laughs> i honestly i could see everything clicking for the tie cats here well we'll see they lead the league they're the official team of the two and out podcast right now <laughs> uh 26 two and outs wow. is uh 
And actually, there have been some stats floating around. Two and outs in general are down. So right. less free advertising for the podcast, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll see if uh, Don Jackson will play for the Ticats. When he got into the lineup last year, they were just a different team. Absolutely. I I can't wait to see him play again, and I hope they do get him in. And it's not like they were giving the ball 25 times a game. It's Hamilton, like, four yeah. times a game. Like, <laughs> you have still... to run it once a quarter, and we'll still find a way. But, yeah, but but when Jackson was in there, they were running it, it like, for Hamilton a yeah. lot, 12 times, yeah. Yeah. right? Like, that's that's a big deal in their offense, but it just made it – they need to start leaning on that a little bit because they can't do play action. They can't – they can't back off the the defensive lines coming at them because they know it's like, well, they're not running. So just go get them, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, and uh, so I think that, that they do need a bit of balance, and Jackson can provide that for sure. Should mention, well, I got a text from a, a friend of mine named Ian, and he a uh, big BC Lions fan, and he's hoping that the Lions sign Malik Irons recently. Uh, released by the mm-hmm. Ticats because mm-hmm. the Lions don't have much running back depth. And Malik Irons and Nathan Rourke were teammates with the Ohio Bobcats for the last two years of uh, Irons' eligibility. Oh, I didn't so know that. I think that okay. would be pretty cool if uh, those guys could play together in the pros as well. We're, we were, were just coming off a few years where Hamilton tried the Canadian at running back with mm-hmm. Sean Thomas Erlington, Malik Irons, and Jackson Bennett, who I think is now in Ottawa. Yep. And now it seems like maybe they're done with that uh, being a fully Canadian position. Yeah, I think that is probably where they're headed. Uh, you even saw Erlington doing a little more like that fullback yeah, type yeah. position in the last couple of games. So I think they're trying to go towards that. And I mean, Don Jackson is a game changer, like especially for them. It was a completely different uh, offense when they had him on the field. So. So I think that's a good thing. I I agree. I'd love to see Malik Irons uh, out in BC, but I mean Butler's tearing it up. Yeah, and, that's pretty uh, tough. To- uh, pretty tough to crack in, but but who knows, right? You know, uh, what have we just said? Uh, what three other times on the podcast? Having two good running backs is yeah. not a bad thing in the te- in the league anymore. And I know Superfan Mike is like more power eye, <laughs> yeah, more yeah. wishbone, make it happen. Yeah. So, yes. It's been fun to watch. Uh, Tim White for the Ticats has averaged 97 yards over his past three games. So I think uh, Dane Evans and Tim White will try to have a connection here. Um, And as far as Ottawa goes, with Caleb Evans starting, I I think they're probably going to try to lean on William Powell a little bit. Um, Whether if it's for running the ball or at least a, a check down option for the young quarterback, uh, against a defense that's probably well, they're coming off the bye. They're going to be pretty fired up. Uh, Correct. With they, they still have a great defensive line, and they've still got some great linebackers in Hamilton to to make some great plays. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And uh, and I think they're going to have to have some release point, and you'd have to think that Lapo's got that. On the other hand, you got to know that Hamilton knows there's going to be a release point. So yeah. There's yeah. the release point. Okay, Um, but I do think that, uh, yeah, at least William Powell has that experience, 
right? I think that could be a huge thing for Caleb Evans. Um, and I think William Powell's he can block. excellent at blocking. Correct. So that could be a help for him too. And and it's not like Evans was horrible last year. No. Like he stood out. And they had no receivers. Games. And now they have receivers. They, correct. And they have some receivers that have some uh, some veteran leadership as well. You you know, you look at guys like um, at no Ackland back Ackland. playing his old team. Correct. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, and Darvin Adams. I was Adams. I did have it right. Yeah. Number one. <laughs> uh, I just needed his, the first name to make it all click. Both but, started with an A. <laughs> right. But they again, like that's some that's some veteran guys yeah. that can. And those kind of receivers, and and you even see this with Manny sometimes, like they can bring the other receivers along with them, but they're also really good at helping to make their quarterback look great. Man, Darvin Adams, he he's not the flashiest guy, but he does the ugly stuff. He'll get in there in a block. He's a physical receiver, and when he needs to, he makes great catches. Yeah, and, every uh, now and again, there's that 60-yard catch that you just don't see coming. It's like, oh, there it is. There's there's Darvin Adams flying down the rest of the side of the field. So I think that that could be much more helpful for Caleb Evans. What's your what's your fantasy lineup looking like? Oh, do you want to know? It's uh, As this we're is recording. A, this was a <laughs> tough one for me this week, and, and I, I've, I've gone through a couple of drafts, um, but I'll tell you what I got right now. Uh, I'm running Coleros at quarterback. Uh, I, of course, have Walter Fletcher because I said that before. That's your uh, 4500 money in the bank pick right there. Uh, I've got Jamal Morrow. I've got Reggie White Jr. on Montreal because I feel like he is hes the similar to Malik, Iron, uh, Malik Henry. And we all know what Malik Henry has done to the Elks in the two games that they've played. Oh, yeah. Hottest so, receiver in the league, right? Correct. Now. So Reggie White Jr., uh, I've got Kian Schaefer Baker. I've got Chandler Worthy, and I, <laughs> you do. <laughs> I sure do. And I've got the Montreal Alouettes defense. Okay, I'll go uh, from the bottom down. I got the Owls defense. Okay, I got Kian Schaefer Baker. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> sounding awfully familiar. Actually, I do have Greg Ellingson here. Okay, uh, Tim White. Okay, I just oh, those guys are getting targets. Uh, yeah, we'll see if Ellingson can make it happen against the Stamps defense. And I'm going. Very cheap at running back. Okay. Peyton Logan, $4,000 for the Stamps. Okay. Greg McRae, $2,500 for the Bombers. Oh, that's your $2,500 e- deal. Interesting. And, and Dane Evans is my quarterback. Uh, he's He costs like just over eight grand. So, Who do you uh, have in the in the podcast league this week? Oh, that's a good question. Thanks mm-hmm. for uh, reminding me. Hey, well, you know what? Hey, I'm, I'm good at reminding. <laughs> Uh, I can I can look that up at the same time. If Week you... six, it is me versus X's and Argos. Ooh, nice! Ooh. I am on the bye. Oh, you are off. <laughs> oh, I don't care what my lineup looks like. No, I'm kidding. I, everyone can know I'm on the bye. And Brazilian tie as a uh, Podski wee wee. Is it Mike or Josh doing it or both? I think they're kind of combining, okay. but I think it's mostly Mike. Okay. Yeah. So if we look at my season so far, I'm near the bottom. Uh, one and three oh brazilian tie is three and two i uh my goal now is just to field a full lineup (laughs) don't get scratched at the last minute don't get hurt on the last day of practice don't slam your finger in the car door the day of the game just 
Just actually played. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a fair goal. That's a fair goal. Who are you picking to win the games? All right. So games this week. Um, there. This was probably the hardest week to pick. I think so. Uh, yep. Since we've started. Uh, so um, I, I I've picked Montreal at home, which makes me sad to say. Um, if it was my show, you would never know that. I would just have some kind of prop bet talking about the Elks. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. How many picks are they going to have this week? Uh, <laughs> over under is at two and a half, by the way. And I'll take the over. Um, and then, Whoa. And then. You'll take the over. Correct. I'd take the under. You take. Okay. On uh, Cornelius interceptions or yeah. combined? <laughs> no, Cornelius. I'll take under. Okay, I'll take over. Um <laughs> And you know when the, the third one's going to come? With three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. I'll be biting all That's my nails. <laughs> You'll on. be like, no, you're going to get them. <laughs> uh, then uh, I picked the Blue Bombers at home. I picked the Toronto Argonauts because I have made a pledge to <laughs> never pick the Riders this year. But I also do believe that Toronto has a shot. Uh, that's a lot of time zones that the Riders are going across to play. No. It's good that they're getting there early. Right. As far as I think both teams are there now. I think. I believe so, but even still that that's a big change. Oh, it is. It's it's, it's almost like a great cup week for the teams in the fact that it's of. a neutral site. They're mm-hmm. already para- practicing away from home. I mean, it's not minus 20 or <laughs> Well, this is the CFL we're talking about on the and, and and across Canada is there actually a neutral site for the Riders like there that might quote be, unquote, it might be 20, 30% cheering for the riders. Right. I don't know. Hopefully I would like to see more locals going out and just, Oh, I do. I want to see locals good, for good sure. Damn time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think Toronto has a shot. Toronto coming off the bye. I, there's a chance. Now the I, bye. Oh, sorry. I, sorry. <laughs> I have picked Saskatchewan right now. Yes. But I'm considering Toronto, too. Ooh. Now, I know Toronto's coming off a week where they were fighting amongst themselves. Right. Saskatchewan's coming in with some distractions as well. Yeah. Can they overcome that? Or can the team rally around each other? We've seen that happen in the past, too. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we shall see. And in this last game, because I honestly have no clue how to pick it, um, but... I, I do think that I am going to go with the Tiger Cats at home. And, and only because they're at home. But I, I am going with zero confidence on that because this game is such a crapshoot. And honestly, at the beginning of the game when they toss the coin, like that basically symbolizes the entire game. Just toss a coin and see who wins. I don't want to see either team go 0-5 like we were saying before we hit yep. record. As 0-4 to 0-5 seems like you're jumping to... Owen six hundred. It does feel that way. It, yeah, it feels rough. Absolutely. But I, right now, Hamilton, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, and Montreal. All right, uh, those are my picks. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to Overdue Fines. It's an Edmonton Public Library podcast. Bryce Crittenden and Carolyn Land host conversations about books, movies, music, 
pop culture, and other interesting news about Edmonton. It's a great way to learn more about what's happening at EPL and about how you can use your library card to access all of EPL's in-person and online services. To listen and to find out more about overdue fines, head to epl.ca slash podcast. I'm Travis Curra. This week, uh, Andrew of the Turf District was kind enough to stop by and uh, help me out. And hey, <laughs> a tough conversation uh, earlier on. Uh, um, we had to have it, though, I think. It was important to have it. And uh, I'm glad that you were here to have it. <laughs> and it wasn't just me sounding like an idiot by myself. But uh, well, the the one thing that I will say is, you know what? We can have the conversation, and and you know we can hug it out after, and everything is fine. Like, yeah, we didn't fight. Right? And, Correct. But man, I, I just put a gif on Twitter the other day, and we're fighting about butter tarts and <laughs> whatever the heck else. What, what what's what's the other common oh, raisins are a point of oh, contention? My goodness, and there's. I don't know where you land on this. This might end in a fist fight. This this but, might I might land in I don't care. There are so like, many, why should I have to fight about that? But there like, are so many people <laughs> disparaging the good name of the Nanaimo Bar, <laughs> a legendary Canadian dessert square named after a beautiful place on Vancouver Island. It's fair. And we're going to talk trash about it like why do we need to fight over this? There's 26 ingredients, butter, sugar, flour, comes together in this beautiful marriage. Oh, boy. <laughs> I got chills. I guess more for me. I will say that. That's, that's, that's the way I look at it. Oh, you don't like cheesecake? Fantastic. <laughs> I'm good with that. That's, that's perfectly fine by me. You like butter? T- wonderful. More for you. It was great for me. I don't see any reason to fight about it. Yeah. Hey, social media has been a challenge uh, for the past forever five years Mm -hmm. (laughs) it used to be just cat memes and (laughs) now it's political arguments and trolls and whatever the heck else oh my yes it's uh it it is a it is a tough world but hey uh you know people remember when you put something on there you're talking to another human and they may not be um the greatest person in the world but they're still a human so try and remember that when you're putting something out if you wouldn't say it standing right in front of them, don't put it on there and find a way to be reasonable and uh, and accountable and talk to each other. That's that's the way we get that's the way anything gets solved is talking to each other with respect and understanding. And and that's on every side of an it argument. Is. It is. Yeah. Right. You're never going to win an argument if you start with F you. No. So let's let's, you know. Find a way to talk nicely to each other, and and uh, and and we'll get through it together. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you at the stadium. I know. Uh, I don't think we got any games that we'll be at uh, this time around, but I will be at the Winnipeg and the Edmonton game. Yes, uh, next Friday. We'll see you at Commonwealth Stadium for a beer, a hot dog, and maybe a giant turkey leg. And what do you got at the tailgate? Uh, the tailgate for the next one. Oh, the next one because it's Klondike Days at the same time. So we are going to have. Oh, I could see your faces all excited. <laughs> We're going to have. Tell me how appropriate this is with our quarterback. We're going to have corn dogs. Oh, we're wow. going to have popcorn. We're going to have cotton candy. Oh, my. And I believe we're doing French fries up on the barbecue. So we will, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun uh, one for the kids. Uh, come out, have some fun, get into the game. And, and hey, can I just mention too, uh, mostly because we didn't have a show this week, but 
I want to give a major shout out to Victor Cueve with getting that game is going to be the first game to ever be radio broadcast uh, in Cree across the province. That's beautiful. I, I I love it. I love it so much. And this is this is how we make those inroads. So uh, that's that's outstanding. And uh, I, I hope they do that. I hope they do that for more other things like that. That was that was awesome to see. The Turf District is uh, live on what YouTube every Monday at about 8 o'clock. Other Correct. than this week, you're off. But it's 8 o'clock, you go live, and then the podcast later that night or the next day? The next day, yeah. Usually yeah. it's uh, Monday night is when we record live on YouTube. And, and uh, join in, join the chat, because uh, we do answer some fan questions during the podcast. But then we have overtime afterwards, where we basically just open it up, and it becomes Turf District after dark, and we talk about everything. Nice. And uh, everyone is allowed to put their comments in, and we're and we're happy to chat about it. Uh, and then usually the podcast comes out on all your podcatchers on a Tuesday morning. We'll uh, talk to you on Monday with Victor Quee, the president and CEO of the Edmonton Elks. I'm Travis Curra for Brazilian Thai, who's enjoying a week off. Uh, for Andrew, uh, give two and out. Give the Turf District a rating, a review, a subscription. We're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network and the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Take care of yourself and uh, enjoy week six. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.